you got to rate it on your ones. You travel on your ones. You perform on your ones. Then you kill or you die on your, on ones. your ones. And then you go home on your ones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's fucking shit, man. Mate, it sounds shit, man. It's shit, shit. You're like, tech, like in terms of like the glamour of showbiz, yeah. you're like one rung above like a juggler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> My name is Nick Nagarko and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. Stop bro, I'm inside the building. What's going on, my bro? Mate, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. to be here. Love being in Manchester. Yo, sunny Manchester, you my know. My home from home. Yeah, yeah normally yeah. like I'm on the train and I'll hit Wilmslow. Yeah. And even if it was like California when I left London, yeah. like, I hit Wilmslow, it just starts pissing down. It just down. gets great. It just starts raining. It? Yeah. As if it's like welcome to Manchester. So, yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm back in my second home and I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, you're just down for a couple of days then. A couple of days, visit some friends. Yeah. Do a few of these. Yeah. Then I'm out. Yeah, man. <laughs> right. So, it's all when we start these shows. It's always a bit weird because like we're having a sick conversation before. I'm like, right, let's just. Yeah, get, and then just... you have like you have like the interviewee type. Yeah, then you have that formal and it moment. all goes dead. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but like, what we were talking about before, because I think. What I find interesting about about your journey is that a lot of people now will know you from the comedy and the acting. Yeah, yeah. But you are from the you you know you really are from our scene. You are really mm. from from this rap scene, and mm. you know you come from the whole deal, real records from yeah, originally, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, from the from the very start, like as a, as a kid, it was just you know when you used to just look around the mm. streets for rap. Like sometimes you'd hear someone rapping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why do you rap too? Yeah, yeah. them ones. Like you see some boys like just in the park, yeah. like just sat on the wall rapping and yeah. stuff like that. That's that was where it really started. And then just me and my little brother. And then um, you know, you you get a bit older, you or you pretend to be older so you can get into jams and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I used to go and watch like battles and stuff like that when uh, when I was underage. And then when I was old enough, like go go more regularly and start yeah. going in the battles. And then obviously you just meet like you meet were, people you, from that. You were doing the jump off, weren't you, back in the day? Jump off was my think my no my first battles were Mudlums, which used to be in Camden at Dingwalls. Yeah, and then there was like the Mud family, like Skinny and yeah, 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 Ta Task Force and them and Intense and Mongo. Yeah. They like they used to run that yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. It was proper like. When I look at the battles now, how yeah. friendly it is, and there's yeah. the girls there and all of that. <laughs> yeah, like it like. That that night, Mudlums was. It's it become was a bit hardcore. of a pantomime now. Was, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it was hardcore back then, and you you, you know you, you had to freestyle and improvise, and there was fights all the time. Like yeah. I got in a fight just for like a beat a guy, like yeah, not not beat a guy, like you well, know yeah, in, in yeah, battle, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, he couldn't yeah. take it. You know, it was, it was what, violent. What, it was scary. Those so what days. did he what did he say to you when you beat him? I, I, nothing. He, he you <laughs> could just see he was he was pissed because I could see his friends laughing at him. <laughs> And because like I was in those days, I, I was one of the first kind of rappers, I think, to sort of take the piss out of myself a little bit as well. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't a street guy. Like yeah. I knew street people, but yeah. I wasn't a street guy. Like, you know, I had my glasses on and that. So I think it was a bit embarrassing to lose to me for yeah. certain people who were more like tuggish, more road you know what guys, I mean? Like yeah, more yeah. rogue guys. Yeah. It was embarrassing for them. So <laughs> the best way to save face was probably to beat me up because yeah. what am I going to do? <laughs> That's when I really wanted to like be a part of a crew rather yeah. than just because I'd go with like just my mates from school or whatever, yeah. and like we weren't we weren't rogue guys, you know. So I always wanted a crew, and then when I like bucked Reveal and Tony D, 
that was it. I was like, oh, I've actually got like a proper click now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and everyone in Poisonous, like uh, our, our other original member therapist, you know, these were these were street guys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when shit would happen to me, yeah. sometimes I'd have to hold it down because yeah. like they, either they themselves or people that they knew with would yeah. avenge me. Like when I'm like, I don't really <laughs> want to get into it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But it was cool in another way because yeah. I just felt protected. Yeah. And then I, like, I had a kid young as well. Like, and sometimes well, I was mad nervous. Uh, 20, 24, 25? Yeah, that's young for a kid. Yeah. Right? I, I, and I, sometimes I'd be nervous, you know, like uh, just because, you know, you get into that street world around yeah. rap, whether yeah. you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, bro. Yeah. Like you were saying these days, it's a bit more of a pantomime. I think it's good because... Kids can get into it, girls can get into it, and, I think, and it's much safer. I think it's just the clear difference between. But in like, the old days, yeah. the lines were blurred, bruv. Like, if they you were, rapped, were the hip hop scene, around the crime it. scene, innit? So, yeah, yeah. Like, the crime scene's always been a lot more road. Yeah, and I was linked to that as well because, like, 03, um, like I say, one of the original members of Poisonous Therapist, mm -hmm. he was the one that showed me about grime. Right. So, him and Tony were East, innit? and yeah, me, yeah, yeah. me and Reveal were West London. So when we were with therapists, like he'd always have like Bruiser with him. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or or uh, uh, Dirty Dugs as he was yeah. then before he was Goods. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Dugs first, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Titch and yeah. all of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah. I didn't, I just thought, yeah. oh, these are those guys that rap really fast. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. And yeah. the therapist was always showing me like, bro, this is, this is a thing. Yeah. So therapist was the one who taught me how to, to rap like that, to yeah. rap double time, you know. You know, and so Poisonous always had that little element um, of of grime attached to it, yeah. even though what we weren't making grime. Yeah. And and yeah, I remember um, bumping into Wiley at Cargo actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and I was I said to him at the time like this is this is a this is a thing you've <laughs> got. This yeah. is a thing. And it's in the days where you know no one even knew what to call it, as as his as his single famously said. It's weird looking back and thinking, oh, you were like on the on the edge of history. Yeah. You know, you know, it's weird when I look back at, at them times because coming from Virus Syndicate, we fused grime with dubstep. Mm. That was our that was our thing. Mm -hmm. So we we come up through the grime scene through Sidewinder and all that. We did yeah, all that. Yeah. But um, our sound. We also did. We had quite a lot of dubstep influence within our sound, and I remember at that specific time, the whole sort of grime the end of the garage area, the dark garage sounds and like yeah. the whole dubstep thing was kind of one thing and no one knew what to call it. Like no, no one knew where. And I remember Mixmag put out um, this big feature on the whole scene and mm. they had it all in his like one big pot. So you had like Wiley, Scream, Benga, like everyone being put into this one big pot of like yeah because it's what... easier from a journalistic point of view it's yeah. easier to just go this is this yeah. so this is urban or whatever yeah. it is but looking it's now to describe in but... 2021 you would never you would never align someone like skrillex no. with with skepta no of course and you would never think that has come from the same place not at all but it's you know music is so much more sophisticated now and the yeah. whole you know everything around genre is more sophisticated and kids that listen to music now mm. would not they're, they're not as strict about shit which i think is is positive like yeah. back in the day yeah we would have been like no i'm a hip-hop yeah. kid hip-hop you know I mean? that's it nothing Do you else. Know what i mean yeah, I, yeah. I, I always listen to indie I listened to folk music. I listened to all my mum's music, like reggae and rare groove and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I never talked about it. Yeah. 
because it's just like I am hip hop. Yeah. Like this is my this is world. my tribe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite tribal in it. Like yeah, the way it was, we, it, we build them. That's how it was. And now, like kids, I'm kind of impressed. Like if you're like 15 now, yeah. You don't limit yourself to to one thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're you're a bit more open, I think. And that's yeah. the that's the way listening to music has evolved as well. Because yeah, we yeah. would have listened to albums. Yeah. You know, we would have found an artist, listened to all of their work, track one to track fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Whereas kids now they're just like, I want that song, I like that song. Yeah. And then they can just put it all in their playlist. Exactly. We didn't have that freedom. We had to buy the record or tape it from a, a friend. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. you have this complete package yeah. from the start really. yeah but it's also kind of made it like like with the whole streaming side of things it's kind of made it a big part of um it's very, it's much more difficult to manage logistically from a music yeah. business perspective yeah, yeah yeah but in a sense it gives you more opportunity to get your music out there now that everyone's consuming it in that way it's the trade-off though isn't it yeah you know like taylor swift has like been really vocal about um taking her music off spotify and saying that spotify screws artists i don't want anything to do with it which is cool in some ways but it's fine for taylor swift yeah she's gonna sell millions Regardless. anyway yeah, yeah? It's, a, it's a lot harder if you're a new act you need spotify as a platform mm -hmm. for people to access your music even yeah. though you're making it pennies yeah off of off of the streams yeah um so it's a real difficult trade-off like i don't agree with the splits yeah at all but well, at the same mean, time like, like without spotify if you're not taylor swift how are you how are you getting out there? how are you getting to people where well, they control the marketplace yeah. and to be honest like i would say that like over the last four years, I've seen more consistent money from my masters mm. than previous yeah. because of Spotify. Yeah. Consistent, regular. And you know, I can now align that money to bills, etc. I can plan with it. Mm. Whereas previous, when you're selling CDs, like bro, or downloads. Sell returns, bro. Yeah. Like Fridays. Returns, Fridays, bro. I used to have all my CDs and I'd go into all the shops. Yeah. London. Manchester, Bristol. It was a mission. Exactly. Like, with like five CDs or yeah. five, 10 vinyls. Like yeah. going to the shop, my little sale return book. Yeah. And then come back the next week, see how many is gone. Yeah. Do they need to re-up or not? Yeah. Like, And if like on those one weekends you come back and they haven't sold any and you've yeah. made that whole journey, you'd be yeah. like, Rah, And that goes against so your profits long. again. Yeah. It was killer. It was yeah. killer. So it's good that kids don't have to do that now. It's... It, it's strange, isn't it, how it seems to have changed so fast, but or just so dramatically as well. Yeah, and that's a reflection of the technological revolution that we are mm -hmm. sort of the guinea pigs of. Yeah. I think it's easy for people not to recognise how profound yeah. this period of history is. Yeah. Like, this is as profound as the Industrial Re Revolution. Oh, without know? a doubt. Like, it's, it's, it's that deep. Yeah. Because if you're our vintage, you were a young adult or, a, you know, a, a, a teenager without any of this technology. Yeah. So we're the last of the Mohicans in a way of yeah. people who remember what life was like yeah. before this. So we yeah. really are in the perfect position still as relatively young people yeah. to really look at the effect, the profound effects yeah. of this technological revolution that we're experiencing. Yeah. Whereas my kids, my kids are teenagers now. 
they don't they don't know any different mm-hmm. this is this is their world yeah. you know this is how everybody operates yeah and it's it's sort of accepted without question mm-hmm. whereas we're a bit more like like i still like every time i turn on my fucking phone it says like uh you got a back up to the cloud i'm still like nah bruv i don't <laughs> i don't have to do shit you tell me <laughs> you know it's weird like my daughter she's just turned three um and she is so has such ability with her ipad yeah 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 and yeah, she's yeah, three yeah. because it's, it's 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 almost organic with them it's like yeah. an extension of their body yeah whereas for us it's like you know, if I lose my phone, that's a bitch. But at the same time, if you've ever lost your phone or for some reason you left it behind somewhere, yeah, the peace that you get, like, it's it's kind of weird. Like, it's you can't, weird, you but can't you, be reached. You feel lost. Of course, well. you're scared, you're terrified, yeah, and everything. But like, when that yeah, when yeah. that anxiety passes, it's like, oh yeah, like this was what it was. Being human, yeah, unreachable, yeah, you know. There's something How enigmatic the fuck about it. How did we that. ever get around life? We were slick. We were way slicker, man. Like, like I knew everybody's do numbers. Like, do you remember like, yeah, yeah. You remember them going payphone to like oh, ring, payphone, ring your friend's mum. Payphone. Like, it's, it's fingy play. What even is a payphone? <laughs> what even is a payphone now? I'll tell you the deepest one was um, if you met a girl. Yeah. Then the next thing, she gives you her number, but it's her house number. So like you have to bell her. And, and possibly, yeah, talk to her dad. Bruh. And then you're trying to organize like a dry hump or whatever, <laughs> like via her parents. Like, so you say, oh, can I speak to so-and-so? Yeah. And they come to the phone. You're like, can I come around? Like, are oh, your pre-. Like the amount of times, like you have to organize all this shit on the phone. All this shit on the phone. I remember this one girl in uh, Crouch End Bruh. organizing all this shit on the phone. I get, get on the tube, Wilsdon Green, all the way across the city, 22 yeah. stops. And she lived far from the station as well. You go around there and like, her dad answers the door. Then you got to sit in the kitchen and like be polite yeah. until you can go up to her room. And dry hump. Dry hump and then leave. And then leave. It's bizarre. Like <laughs> These kids don't know they're born. They can organize shit in private yeah. and meet like wherever, you know. Bang we didn't have away. that luxury. So I'm saying like we were slicker, man. We had, to, we had to think on our toes. Yeah. You know, and when you like, if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. Simple as that. So like you, you and your boys, like for me, it was like, you know, we organize at school yeah. on Friday. Like, yeah. This is what's going down. Yeah. Either you, you just got to be there. Like yeah. we're going to meet at 12 and then yeah. we're out. And if you're not there. Yeah. If you're not there, you're not there. Yeah. And we'd just be out. That's what I really remember. You yeah. meet up at like lunchtime. We'd just be out. I just remember like, I remember, I remember like everyone would just come turn up at your, at your door. Like, so like. Yeah, they knocked for like, you. They knocked for you. Yeah. When I was like 11, 12, like your boys would just knock on the door and then yeah. you'd go out. And that's it. But like, obviously, when when I was like 13, phones came, you know what I mean? Everyone had a phone by yeah, that. Yeah. But then primary school and like the first sort of year of like secondary school, like year seven, like it was still that. And then it just bang, changed. Yeah, well, I didn't get a phone until I was out of college. So like, because I'm a couple years older than you. So like when I was like 15, 16 and we were out, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was properly still like the knock for you yeah. or phone your mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's literally like that. Yeah. And it's so weird to think about now because kids don't tend to even phone each other. No. It's just text yeah. or whatever like medium that they message on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like my daughter will message me on Instagram. I'm like, can you, she's like, oh, you didn't reply to my message. I'm like, you're messaging me on Instagram. I don't have notifications <laughs> on for Instagram. No. I wouldn't be able to get anything done and just be ping, 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 ping all day. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you didn't answer back. Text me or yeah. call me. Yeah. 
Like if you if you call a kid, now yeah. they'd be like, "Why the hell are you calling me?" Because <laughs> back in the day, it would have to be like phone weird... call or not. Yeah, it's you know weird. I mean? People think it's weird if you ring them now. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you're invading my space. Phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where we're at. That's where we're at. What do you think? Like, if you, well, you've seen our social media's changing the world, mm. certain in terms of like a political sense. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. What do you think about like platforms like Twitter censoring people? Yeah, I don't, it's such a difficult argument, you know. Like, I I had, I must have had about 70,000 70, followers or something on Twitter. Yeah. And then 2017, it was, I, I just, I just got off it because it, it, it was ruining my day. Like, I'd wake up in the morning. It's addictive, isn't it? Yeah, I'd wake up in the morning, check Twitter, mm. and it'd just be like hundreds of people calling each other cunts and yeah. racist stuff. And I'd just, I'd get angry, get in there, like, yeah. arguing... And then one day I just woke up and I thought, why am I engaging? Why am I this? waking up and ruining my day? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just deleted it. Really? Yeah. So you and deleted then, the account. I deleted it, and, and my agents were like, "What have you done? Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. And I just at the same time I was sort of transitioning out of stand up and into acting, mm-hmm. and Twitter for me was really useful when I was doing stand up to like move tickets, do yeah. you know what I mean? Sell tickets, get people to come to gigs mm-hmm. and that. And then once I was making more TV and movies, I just thought, I don't really need to promote myself. Like, I'm yeah. in this BBC show, I'm in this Netflix thing, I'm on this Amazon thing. Like, I, f- I think Amazon you. can do the promotions, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I think I'll be all right. So <laughs> I, I, I packed it in and you know what? There was a brief moment where I thought, oh, you're so dumb. You've just like lost all these followers. Yeah. And then I just thought, who cares, man? Yeah. Who cares? So I st- Twitter, I stopped and I can't deal with the anger and the negativity on there. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, how do you, how do you, I think this is what the government's struggling with at the moment. Mm. Where does freedom of speech begin and end? Yeah. Because we're always and, talking and, about and freedom of speech. I want to be able to say like, yeah. I want to protest against the government. I want to, I want to say this is fucked mm-hmm. up. I want to say this person, th- that per- I want to be able to say that, which is all fine. But then does that also mean you can, you can be racist? You know, you can, you can be offensive mm-hmm. because it's freedom of speech. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what the government's struggling with right now. Like they, I don't think they know where the line is. Yeah. And I and think it is quite a difficult argument. It is because, I mean, I've had a lot of like, for example, like Wiley getting banned. Donald Trump getting banned from from Twitter. I've, I've had yeah. a lot of these arguments with people, and I'm even myself. I feel torn. Like when Donald Trump got deleted, mistake from Twitter, for me that was a mistake because I, I, well, my I, I hate was the I was bones. Of the, I hate the bones of the man. I yeah. hate him. But at the same time, you take him off Twitter, that that works in his favor so much. Mm. He becomes like a martyr. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But and it took away his voice. It did to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely hurt him personally because oh, he, he loves being the center of attention oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in terms of his followers i don't think it affected them if anything it it, it made them love him more i think it affected of... his ability to incite like for example the capital riots oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean blatantly yeah. orchestrated yeah, 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 yeah. and, and yeah, that yeah, speech yeah, yeah. he did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no by question. removing that ability to reach that many people no question it it had a positive effect no in that question sense. but i agree with you as well like it's censorship. It's a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the whatever, like if you're a proper anti-Trump like I am, then the the people that you look up to mm-hmm. or the opinions that you follow mm-hmm. 
could be argued that they're if they're the other end of the, the extreme spectrum, against Trump, they then why shouldn't they be banned? Exactly. For example, like I just started following this guy on Instagram, Danny fucking Price. Yeah. He's Goldie's son. Right, Goldie's son? Yeah. Like Goldie DMB Goldie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And and he's like a deep guy. I think he used just used to do like funny little memes and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden, he just started getting like political, just getting angry about injustice. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you see something you like agree with every word. Yeah. It's like that with him. Yeah. But some people might call it extreme. Yeah. I, I personally wouldn't because yeah. he just sort of fights for equality, justice, you know, tolerance, the kind yeah. of things that I'm into. <laughs> Basic common human yeah, values. Yeah. But he's angry about it, you yeah. know. And and I've, I think, you know, if you ban the opposite of him, then yeah. maybe you have to ban him as well. Yeah. And I, I don't want to see that. So it's a very difficult argument and also the whole freedom of speech thing if you know if for example we're, we're talking about extremities here in form of like donald trump and whatnot yeah but once that once the bar is set there it's only going to get lower absolutely you know what i mean absolutely and i know that there's a lot of people who would argue that my beliefs are extreme yeah whereas i i see my belief <laughs> like i i see myself as a hippie basically yeah do you know what i mean like when it really boils down to it yeah i don't believe in any of this shit like yeah. i don't believe in money i don't believe in race yeah i don't believe in borders do you so know what I mean? you, but how can you not believe in money because i think it's invented i think someone at some point yeah invented money right yeah. it was it, it was someone's imagination that's what human beings are right yeah. we're balls of imagination it's yeah. the only thing that separates us from animals really we've yeah. got this kind of free thinking thing going on mm -hmm. it's, it's the gift and the curse of being human yeah consciousness yeah that's the gift and the, it's the most beautiful thing because we can create art. Yeah. We can, we can love, we can do all sorts of incredible things. We can invent, but at the same time, it's the curse because we know our mortality. Yeah. My dog is a G because she doesn't know about life and death. Yeah. She's just happy every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah Whereas yeah. we understand with our consciousness that deep, deep down mm -hmm. life is meaningless because the only guarantee is death. Right? So consciousness is the gift and the curse. So this consciousness that gives us imagination mm -hmm. allows us to think of ways to make our state of consciousness, aka life, easier for ourselves. Yeah. Right? So it makes us selfish. So someone imagined mm -hmm. using their consciousness the concept of money. Yeah. Like what if there's a thing yeah. that I have, but these other pricks don't have, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is going to make my life easier. Well, it would have been sheep or food. Yeah, it or started with wheat in the day. It yeah. started with wheat because we were hunter gatherers, right? Yeah. And then when we realized, like, you could oh, farm wheat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. agriculture yeah, changed yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking about revolutions. The yeah. agricultural one was the first huge well, one because it stopped. Us. It stopped because you said you didn't have to keep moving. Yeah, wasn't you could stop, chill, right? But not fully chill because you've got to farm the wheat. Yeah. So one guy at some point went, you know what? I don't want to farm the wheat. Yeah. I just want to kick back and eat the bread. Yeah. So what do I do to make these pricks do it and yeah. I don't do it? Yeah. You know, and it, it might have, <laughs> at first it might have been like, oh, I've got the longest beard. Yeah. So I just say like, if you've got a mad long beard, yeah. you don't have to do it. Yeah. So women have to do it. Kids yeah, yeah. have to do it. And all these short beard pricks, they you, have to do you it. You know what? Have you read Sapiens? Yeah, Sapiens, Sapiens has the same argument, yeah. right? So they say, they what their argument in that is that for like 70 fucking thousand years, whatever, human beings were wandering around. Yeah. And then they started smoking um, 
mushrooms and well not smoking <laughs> eating mushrooms you know what i mean yeah they started smoking all that shit and so then you'd have this guy who'd get high and he'd see some kind of like wolf or and <laughs> he'd then go and tell all the tribe yeah, about the sto- wolf. stories basically stories and imagination yeah. these are the things and he was then the wolf god so we all follow the wolf god the wolf go. god says this perfect example yeah right so at some point someone invented money at some point someone went oh like i could make even more money and have even more power if i spread this new story yeah that um people with this color skin yeah it's like ki- being little kids like yeah. oh who's got i remember when i was at primary school like a lunch break you get the little school cups yeah the plastic cups the yeah. different color ones yeah, yeah, yeah. and be like who's got a blue cup like who's got a blue cup yeah yeah and if you had a blue cup they'd be like i've got a blue cup like, you could come to my party yeah and you can't come it's as childish as that yeah so these guys have got brown skin so like they're not invited to the party yeah and then you tie that in with money and all of a sudden, there's this underclass. Yeah. And we're still suffering from that shit to this day, right up to when three people with brown skin take a penalty and uh, they get a wave of abuse. You know, it all, you can trace it all the way back. So I say I'm a hippie because deep down, I don't believe in race. Yeah. So some dickhead made it up. Yeah. Don't believe in money because some dickhead made yeah. it up. I don't believe in borders because some dickhead made those up. Yeah. I obviously understand that they really do yeah. exist now. Yeah. I just think they're wrong. I think the they're wrong. The crazy thing about race is is you're actually right though. It doesn't actually exist. It doesn't exist. exist. It's just melanin. Someone made it up. Like, my mum's white. My dad's Asian. That like, gives go. me a nice little brown tint. Yeah. In the winter, it fades. In the summer, yeah, yeah. it's stronger. Go grey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's it. It's yeah. just, it's as that simple as that. And mixed race people, a lot of the time, like we cotton onto that earlier yeah. because because we've experienced we're yeah yeah because we, we experienced both sides and and you know you constantly hear about oh black people are like this but white yeah. people are like that and those stereotypes are sort of they're based on a on a truth mm-hmm. but that truth that they're based on has been built off of a lie if yeah, you see what i mean yeah, so I black people are you can't deny it they are different from white people the culturally physically there's loads of things that yeah. are different but not but genetically that's, not genetically that's all because <laughs> Of tracing it all yeah. the way back to that prick who went, what if? Yeah. What but if I the, pretend this thing is? They're as different as Russians and Irish. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. and this is this is the crazy thing about it is that we use differences to create superiority. Absolutely. And and, and for you to have that little bit more power to make your life easier because human beings, <laughs> the worst of us, are so selfish. Yeah so selfish they just don't care what happens they have no concept of cause and effect they have no idea about i mean the theory of relativity that every action has a positive or negative reaction all they care about is what suits them Mm -hmm. that's why we're having this the 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 climate crisis is going to be so hard to solve because the people in charge just think well i'm gonna be dead like who cares like the planet floods like whatever is it, how bad, it, I mean, I'm not clued upon this climate crisis. How bad actually is it? If you believe in the science, and I know that is a contentious question for a lot of people, we've got about 15 years before the damage is irreparable. But at the same time, I'm philosophical about it because maybe this shit already happened. Do you know what I mean? In what fact, it has already happened. Like we've already had climate crises that have destroyed all living things on the planet. Yeah. And then the planet started again. Yeah. Maybe we've reached that point where 
we fucked it. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it, we deserve to all get wiped out and the planet to refresh. Yeah. You know, the planet deserves better than fucking humans. Yeah. You know, we're the worst. Yeah. Some of us were quite cool, but that was a long time ago. Well, if you look at like, so like in, in the Bible, you got the story of the flood, right? No, yeah. Noah's Ark. But that story, it's not just in Christianity. It's in so many different religions of around course. the world. Yeah, yeah. So there must have been fucking something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've always had like, you know, within, not within our living memory, but within, uh, you know, relatively contemporary history. Yeah. We've had disastrous volcanoes that yeah. have, uh, the eruptions have created uh, uh, side effects that have destroyed like half the planet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, that one in America was it Yellowstone? Yellowstone. If that if that go if that blows, it's it's end. It's, that's that's and, the end. And that's due. Yeah, we're due one. Yeah, it's always overdue. I think. <laughs> I, wa I watched some terrifying <laughs> documentary on that, and it literally could be any day. Yeah, I saw that documentary. It's it's amazing, but like we like that's the those things are like the last of our concerns, which is kind of bizarre. Americans are just like, I'll shoot it in the face yeah. if it explodes. <laughs> ain't gonna, ain't gonna touch me. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, like I, I think thinking about that stuff, it shouldn't be scary. It should just be humbling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You should just go, yeah. You know what? I'm not that important. Yeah. I'm really not that important. Yeah. And and the world deserves it deserves a refresh. That's why I always loved Star Wars. You know, because it used to start with that line. Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, yeah, far yeah. away. Yeah. And when I was a little kid, I thought, how can it be a long time ago when everything's futuristic? Yeah. But as I've got older, I thought, well, why couldn't there be like yeah. entire civilizations that started from scratch, you yeah. know, evolved from, from apes into humans, agriculture, uh, industri industrial revolution, then technological uh, revolution. And then, then, then they went too far. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? And bang, it all ended. And well, then the, it started the, again. The Why not? The universe is what, 15 billion years old or yeah. something? Like and and like, there's endless Milky Ways, solar systems, but we're still like, we're the only guys. Like, what do you think about? Because <laughs> we're about so that amazing. UFO report that the Pentagon. Did you see, did you see that? Yeah, I I, I, I don't understand. It? Yeah, I did. I don't I don't understand people who say I don't believe in UFOs. It's like I'm not some alien conspiracy guy. I don't I don't I'm not into any of that stuff. But a UFO is just an unidentified flying object. It doesn't exactly. might not be alien. Yeah. It might be something the government's testing out. Yeah. You know, like they they have to test out new new uh inventions at some exactly. some stage in, yeah. at some place so that might be what you're seeing we um, just don't know how far ahead they are with technology. no idea why would they tell us you they know? say that they had they had they had the internet around world war ii they would have had the basics the basics of, of it the the basic concepts uh, in in line by that time that wouldn't surprise me they just wouldn't have had the technological advances to make it happen yeah and people were smarter then as yeah. well than they are now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, don't, don't you ever wonder when you look at these kids like walking around playing fucking Candy Crush all day long? <laughs> like, who's going to be the next generation yeah. of geniuses? I feel like we're going backwards. In, in some ways, we're regressing. Regressing, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. As a society, it's like we're regressing. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And people are becoming... Like you said, like people are just numbing their brains playing Candy Crush all day. Yeah, and you know, with this pandemic and everything, it's like... It, I'm not again. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I do have friends who are like, it's all a plan. It's all Elon Musk and Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> you know I mean? It's Gates, isn't it? It's, it's Bill, Bill Gates, Gates and yeah. oh, you had the vaccine. Now you got five G like running through your veins. Yeah, and yeah. They can track everywhere you're going. Yeah. And, yeah okay. Whatever. Um, 
But one thing I would definitely say is it does play into the hands of big business and corporate government in, in the taking us apart from each other, yeah. forcing us into isolation, keeping us separate means one thing. When you feel isolated, when you're on your own, what do you do? You just look at your phone, mm -hmm. you know? People don't fucking read books anymore. You just look at your phone. Mm -hmm. So, and as long as you're looking at your phone, what are you doing? Scrolling through Instagram, maybe you see that thing. It's just happened to me myself and I consider myself an intelligent person. Scrolling through Instagram the other day, I saw a Tribe Called Quest t-shirt that was the same as one I used to have back in the day. Click, click, buy. I was like, bang. Yeah. Side button, bap, bap, and it's come to my house. Yeah. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. Like this situation is perfect for a couple of pricks to make money that you can't even dream of yeah. ever owning yeah you know so it's hard to separate that from you know the re the reality of i what, can't of what lie like I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist with, with, with this covid thing but at the same time it does feel a bit fucking dodgy yeah it is because it play basically like when people go the government planned it i was like the gov have you seen the shower of Mate, cunts? They're no, not smart enough no to plan this Hancock shit. Hancock and Boris. But, not a they, but what they will do, any government in the world, yeah. is take advantage of situations. Exactly. And absolutely, I believe that this plays into the hands mm -hmm. of um, some of the absolute muppets around the world that, that we've got. Bolsonaro, you know, whoever's going to be the uh, 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 um, successor of, of, of Trump on that side of things, uh, uh, Duarte in the Philippines and, yeah. and Boris Johnson, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of these guys who they benefit massively from widespread suffering and yeah. spending yeah. those two things. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking the other day, right? Like in the eighties, yeah. Or even in the nineties, even up in as recent as the mid nineties in the UK, you could be like bus driver maybe, or like maybe even like a cleaner or whatnot. And you and your missus could save up and buy like a free four bedroom house. Yeah. You know, and a car. Yeah. And just go about your business with your little mortgage. Yeah, not a chance now. Even me, like when I was rapping, I, at night, I was doing youth work by day. I was a part-time youth worker. Mm -hmm. And my missus was a student teacher. Yeah. And we bought a flat. Right. Do you know what I mean? On the, the right to buy scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were like key workers and whatnot. And that was 05. Wow. But now, I like, young people need to, like, they need to wise up, like, get off the phones for a sec because... Their future is being narrowed down into. It's, it's like when Rishi Sunak said, "Like if you're a creative, you should probably think about retraining." Yeah. Because in an ideal world for a government like ours, everyone would just be worker bees. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone would just be worker bees because if you have like too many creatives, they start like they start inspiring people to do other shit. Yeah. And to not be worker bees, to yeah. to be more interesting, to to be more challenging. Yeah. To be like their worst fear, like some kind of commune, mm -hmm. you know, like the concept of communism is something that I, I really, really respect. It just doesn't work yeah. because humans aren't, we're not built like that. We're we're not, we, we, we can't. 
be we can't equal. share like that yeah no, we can't be equal. like everybody wants more than someone yeah. else but it's like it's like the essence of it is beautiful it's just like the essence of a lot of religious faiths mm -hmm. they're really beautiful but mm -hmm. in practice they don't work because human beings mm -hmm. are mad individualistic man yeah. I just find like you've got like, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. They're all three pretty much exactly the fucking same. Yeah, all beautiful, really. Yeah, at their heart. they're incredible at their heart. The the, the message is, is is one of peace, love, and positivity. Yeah. All three of them. Yeah, yeah. But how they can war with each other over indifferences oh within that whole story is told is it's insane. It's you, actually you it's you absolutely could, in its Northern childish. Ireland, Israel, Palestine. Like, well, Protestant and Catholic, it's the same mate, it's religion. It's still going. I know it's that, still it's going still, on now. Like, it's it's exactly the same as it was like when I was a little kid, thirty yeah. years ago. It's exactly the same now. It's still that tense, mm -hmm. and I just can't get my head around it. But then I was I was raised an atheist, so are you still an atheist? No, I, I think I've become much more like open minded. Like, I, I, I how are you I, when you say raised an atheist? What do you mean? Like, you I was raised to be anti religion. And not believe in any Anything, kind of God. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, my dad fought in in a war. My mum was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, which she really like had a backlash to. Right. And my dad seeing war and death and stuff, he which had a war? backlash. The Second World War. Right. My dad was fifty two when I was born. Wow. So he was old. Okay. So he was yeah. old. So your dad fought in World War Two. Yeah. Wow. He was Seventeen. Wow. Imagine that. In Eng is he English? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's from South London. He 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 trained he had gun training for two weeks and then just bangs just on the boat so, to so France and then, uh, to Germany and then France. Really? Yeah. He was on the beaches at Normandy in forty four. Oh. So what he did D Day? Yeah. Fuck it. So he's on them landing crafts. He was on a, a brand new in a brand new vehicle called the Avery. So he just invented these new tanks, yeah. armored vehicles. And like they were sort of road testing them. Wow. So he's on one of those on the boats, rolled up like he was there the uh, two days before with his two brethren from the from the the, the tank, um, and you know the French around that part of northern France they were at the time you know so desperate like mm. they saw Americans and and the British they were like heavily welcomed you know yeah yeah it was a crunch time of the war so he. He'd been eating for a few weeks now, like powdered egg and powdered potato and all that shit. Yeah. And he's seen this girl who he fancied a little bit, this French chick, because she worked in a butcher's. Yeah. So he was chatting her up and he was like, um, do you reckon you could get us some sausages? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah, get you some sausages. So he like, he went to this butcher's, this is a couple of days before the day, got the um, sausages and they were gassed. They got some little French beers, um and my dad started a little fire over by the avery yeah um and soon as the fire got big bang sniper took his two mates out and he never ever forgave himself wow two days later he's he's on the the land side of that um those beach landings and then the 77 day battle of normandy begun that day on the 6th of june 1944 he lasted 33 days before he got injured sent home and getting injured is what saved his life and did he have to go back after his injury was that him done nah because that like normandy really turned the war completely yeah. and then obviously hiroshima done and that was all within a year basically Fucking so he, he was he was never gonna go back unless the war didn't end so he he got lucky in a lot of ways and all this shit i found out 
in 2004. So you I never didn't knew know any anything of this? about it, no. Wow. Um, it was like the British Legion were looking for survivors of Normandy on the 60th anniversary of D-Day. Yeah. And they contacted my family looking for Harvey Smith. And, you know, Smith is a common surname, so I yeah, just thought yeah. they got the wrong dude. Yeah. They were like, nah, like, is this his date of birth? Is yeah. this his middle name? Rare, rare, rare. It's like, yeah, it's So him. they had his war record and they went, right. Yeah. Uh, and he got given this, like, I can't remember what the cross was, but it's like for, for bravery and whatnot. But the thing is, when he came home, he gave all his medals away and he ditched his uniform, gave it to his mum. Mm. He didn't go to any of the parades or anything like that because he just thought, what the fuck am I celebrating here? Like I had two friends, I got them both killed. I had to kill people. Like what? What's the big yeah. celebration? Yeah. He couldn't see it, and I think a lot of soldiers felt that way. Yeah. Um. So he just completely put it behind him and moved mm. on with his life. But when yeah, when we found out about that, my sister, who's a novelist, she like interviewed him. Yeah. Um. For a story in the Telegraph, you can see it online. It's called My 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 Dad, the Accidental Hero, and you can read everything right, in detail. Get, let's get the link to that in the description. About the on story this. that I've just told you, it's it's an amazing story. Um. So she she interviewed him for like three weeks and just got all these tapes and all the details is, is incredible. And wow. That, that was about eighteen months before he died. Um. So it was quite a remarkable end to his his life in that respect. And wow. Never never knew. So we'd never discussed this with you your whole nah. life? Wow. I knew he was around in them times. And I think he might have mentioned like doing some army training and stuff just in case because everyone was getting called up yeah. them times. It was like desperate. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine being 17 and getting called up to war. Real war. Like well. real war. Not not one of these fucking, uh, you know, you see these young guys that are like, yeah, I did like... Did like six, of, six years. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see any action, <laughs> nah. bro. You're just walking around. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Nah, that was a different war. That yeah, that different was a gravy. War. Like so, I think it's the only war that I would actually fight in. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, you know, the, these these wars. Like you're thinking, you can't have what's the deal walking. here. Like yeah, when we went to war after nine eleven, it's like nah, did, we weren't even fighting in the right country. Nah, really, I just, they chose the wrong country. Plus, is it even really a country when it's it's like a person and mm. their little crew who are coming up with an idea? How come you're fighting their yeah, country? It, do you know it, what I mean? It's all very... That seems a bit mad. Yeah. And who really did that? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like that's like some black guy punched Boris Johnson in the face. So yeah. we're going to go to war with Nigeria. Yeah. Even though the bear was like Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. That's how crazy it is. Do you is. know what I mean? So... Yeah, that war was that that war was real, and they were fighting for freedom, man. They were fighting for our freedom, and you know, for me, like when people say, "Oh, fuck Britain!" Like, how can you be proud to be British, especially as a black person? Rah, rah, rah. I mm. am proud to be British. Yeah, I am. But it's the, it's a British of my describing in my head. Yeah, same. Like, bro. I'm, I'm proud I'm of exactly the same as well. I'm proud of the tol the best parts of us, like our tolerance. Yep. The way that we give, the way that we care. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. I think British people, you know, we're obviously we're let down by a few dickheads. We've seen that with the the the, the Euros and whatnot. Was, yeah. But ultimately, I think when when the shit hits the fan, British people were kind of amazing. Yeah. Like I remember um, there was a tsunami in uh, in Southeast Asia, and it was on Boxing Day. Yeah, in Thailand. Yeah. 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 And you know how much money we spend at Christmas in this country. 
And that, that next day, Boxing Day, like we raised more money than any other country in the world. Wow. Considering how much money that like, working people would have been spending on their own families. Yeah. Like that, that hit, everyone watched it on the news and yeah. everyone in this country gave more than any other country. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're kind of like that. In fact, even, even that day, I gave, right? But it was like an automated thing, yeah. the Red Cross. And um, I tried to do 25 pounds and I yeah. got the decimal point thing in the wrong place on the 250. automated thing. And I gave him 250 pounds. And, you know, this was the days where I was a part-time youth worker. Did and it was like a mad one. Like, on? <laughs> it was a mad one. I was like, how do you call back and go, look, I care, <laughs> but I don't care like two and a half bills care. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I just let them have it. But um, yeah, like even yesterday, yesterday I was walking my dog. Yeah, yeah. And one, one you, he was like a teenager, like going home from school or whatever. Like he, he tried to jump a curb, like on his bike yeah. from the road up onto the pavement. Yeah. And he just fucked it and he just came down and the bike just fell on his ankle hard. And he yeah. was just like, oh, like, he was in pain. Like he yeah. was trying not to cry, them ones. Yeah, you could yeah, tell, yeah. like, he's 14. And there was like about five people who saw it, me included. And all of us went over. Yeah. Like some old Indian brer, like a young black guy, yeah. some white woman who was jogging, yeah. me and my dog, everyone went over there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You okay? You okay? Like someone gave him some water. Yeah. I helped him up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I just think that's the real essence. That's like, when I see that, it's like, I'm proud to be British. Yeah. You know, I don't care what people say. I oh, like, fuck this country. Like, no, I love this country, man. It's the best place in the world to live. You know, like in a lot of ways. Yeah, and and you know, I, I I'm I'm very proud <laughs> of of Jamaica and that side of my my family, but and as beautiful as that country is, like, would I rather live there or live here? It's here, it's here all day long. Mm -hmm. Not out of any disrespect to Jamaica, but it's like look at the opportunity mm -hmm. that this country has given me. Mm -hmm. Jamaica, like, it just wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. It would not have happened. And you know, my family is 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 Jamaican, Irish, and English. And it's like, when I look at the racism I've experienced, some some of, some of the worst has been in Ireland and Jamaica. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because right. in Jamaica, like you're too light skinned and you you got you got soft soft feet. Like yeah. they they think you're like haughty tooty. Yeah. And and in Ireland, there's like some backwards places. And like here, it's like. The racism, as we see, is like undercover and, and um, it pops out in social media in, or in like these high octane moments. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, I, I, as depressing as it is when it happens, I just laugh at it because I yeah. just think, what is your life, bro? <laughs> like, what is your life? Yeah. And that's what it boils down to a lot of the racism in this country. It, it comes from people who are so pissed off at how shit their own life is. Yeah. They just look at anything, especially success within, you know, ethnic minority sense, like with so much resentment, mm. they, they just can't help themselves. So they go for the lowest common denominator yeah. and, you know, you can get upset by it as I have done, but ultimately you just got to go, from, mm. has that made your life any better? Yeah. Because all I know is like, you know, Saka's still earning millions and scoring millions. goals. Like your your life has not really improved. No. <laughs> if anything, it's probably got worse because you might be going to jail now. Yeah. And you'll still be broke on Friday. <laughs> you'll still be broke on Friday, bro. Drinking piss in some shitty pub, mate. Do you know what I mean? So, like... so you know, call me at M-Word. 
you know, I'm going to be upset today, but you're still going to be poor and depressed tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's crazy, like, how they, because they are a minority. I mean, I, I, I was born and raised in South Manchester, and I am on my street that I grew up on. was a huge amount of Asian families, mm. huge amount. Um few Irish families, mm. handful of English families. But everyone, everyone played football together. All the kids played football together. Everyone was... Football united everybody. Yeah. Mm. Everyone was cool. Do you know what I mean? But then when I went primary school, that was a bit different. That was a bit more of a white primary school. Mm. And so I, I, felt, I felt it there. But I still didn't feel like... I mean, I, I experienced racism and whatnot, but it wasn't like I was still at home. But I'll tell you what, when I went to India though, bro, mm. I first went to India when I was like eight... And never felt so out of fucking place. That's what I mean. So life. you had the same experience I had yeah. when I went to Jamaica. Yeah. Every time I've been to Jamaica. Yeah. Never Here's felt so a white. For you. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Yeah, never felt so white. Here's a question for you, right? Where I'm from in West London, mm -hmm. like I was born in Kilburn. I mm -hmm. grew up around there in Wilsdon. Mm -hmm. um, very Caribbean, very Irish, and then a very, very heavy Bangladeshi presence and Indian and Pakistani, yeah. right? Most of the best players that I played with from like primary all the way up to like when kids started going for trials and stuff and teenagers or playing Sunday league mm -hmm. were South Asian. So Indian, Pakistani or Bangladeshi. Yeah. And yet somewhere between that stage of being like 16, 17, when people are signing professional contracts, mm -hmm. And then looking up and down the actual professional league, yeah. there's this sudden drop off. Mm. And the black kids are still there and the white kids are still there, mm. but the Asian kids are gone. I don't, it doesn't make no sense. I don't understand it either. That's, I, I don't understand it. Needs it needs an investigation, right? Because it doesn't add up. You, you can call racism on it, but then why are there so many black players? Yeah. I've, I've never understood it. You know, it doesn't matter. Is it a cultural thing? I, I, I don't get it. Right. So 8% of the UK is from Asian heritage. Mm. So that includes like the mixed lot like me. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fucking people. 70 million it's people. people. It's a lot of people. That's millions. Yeah, yeah. So out of all of those millions, through grew up, born in the 80s, 90s, whatever, never made it to prefer. And like you said, bro, in school, like, they were playing. In kids school, who were I, incredible. I yeah, I remember them. I remember them. I had this kid, Shahab, who was on the wing, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Couldn't get the ball off yeah. of him. And and we got all that that the way to like playing for those teams like Paddock and Rec and these West London teams where you know pro scouts yeah. would come yeah you know I I just don't, I don't understand where the sudden drop off was unless it was maybe came from the parents that's I don't the know. only thing I can think is like I, would, I can't cause I, imagine I knew some of my Asian friends their parents were a bit like you got to nah. knuckle down now do yeah. something serious you need to be doctor yeah or something yeah yeah <laughs> whereas in Caribbean household it's like anything's a bonus yeah. Like, I think it must be cultural, but I think maybe now with more first generation people being born here, I think maybe I we, might, so. we might see a change within that. I hope so, because it must be so strange for like Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, British football fans yeah, which the, uh, watching the game and yeah. thinking there's still no one yeah. to look up to. Yeah. No one. Yeah. You know? I think there's one or two. There's two. There's literally, you can count them on one hand. Yeah. You know, I remember like 15, 
20 years ago it was Chopra. Yeah, yeah. Michael Chopra. And even he was like, he was like, you was mixed. Yeah. Um, I think, is it Chowdhury who plays at yeah, Leicester? Yeah, I think he's Chowdhury, half black, yeah. half, yeah. half Indian. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Clutching at straws with one half Asian and white. Clutching at straws is what we got. That's what we got. Half Asian and got an Indian dude with an afro <laughs> and a guy who played for Cardiff like 20 years ago. Yeah, once. <laughs> <laughs> Whose first name was Michael. Yeah. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> yeah, he was one of them. He yeah, probably looked white as well. We're, we're reaching. Yeah, man. <laughs> man. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I'm interested to see where society goes as as my little girl gets older. Yeah, it's scary, right, being a parent because you suddenly have to worry about the future. You have to think yeah. about it. You suddenly become mortal. Like, you know when you ain't got Yeah, kid? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't care. Like... You'll do certain things like where you'll risk, you'll take a lot more risk. Yeah. But the, the day my daughter was born, it was suddenly, I, it was like, have you seen, this is a really fucking, this is a really sad analogy. You've seen Superman when he goes in the machine and he takes his superpowers away. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd got in the machine and I'd come out and I wasn't, I could feel things again and I don't know. It kind of scares you. Think I think about yeah, things all the weird. time. And like, n- like, because now I got teenagers, but they're both girls. Yeah, and both teenagers. Yeah, both and, girls. Yeah, Oof. and 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 the thing is, you have this low level anxiety that never goes right yeah. from when they're born. It just goes on and on until you die, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, obviously now they do their own thing and they're with their friends and whatnot, and I can come up to Manchester yeah. and see my mates and. You know, maybe even get on a world one. Yeah. But, like, if one of them bailed me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in, like, I don't know. I'm in, like, Wilmslow, like, a house party off my tits. If one of them bailed me, bruv, I would jump in the car and risk my own life and drive down the M6. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To make sure they were right. And that's that's the thing that, that, that just doesn't go away. Yeah. So it's easier because they're not babies, but the anxiety still is yeah, it's still there. Like I feel like I need to be there for them. And and I have to check myself sometimes as well, because mm. like the older one, she bailed me the other day and she was in, um, she was on the other side of London at her friend's house and she wanted to stay for dinner. And then I was like, yeah, cool, cool. But then I was like looking at my watch, I thought, but then you're going to get out about half nine, then you got to get to the tube. And then, you know, it's a bit of a trek across the city. And I was, it was Euros as well. I was watching a game and I'd already had a few beers. I was like, I'm not driving Mm. all the way to East London to to pick her up from From West. West. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not doing that. So I was like, just find your own way home. And I hung up and then I just sat there like, but then she's got, oh man, and then what's it going to be like 10? And then all the rapists come out at 10. Yeah. You know, you start, it all starts going through your mind. Like, it's just going to be like, and she goes, she goes to East, and then where she's going to have to, if she changes here, then there's weirdos. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was going to get back on the phone and, and uh, uh, well, I did get back on the phone. And I was like, look, uh, maybe like your friend's mum could take you halfway and I'll yeah. pick you up. The other. And she was like, dad, I'll get the train. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I can get the train. Mm-hmm. Nearly 16 years old. And I thought, Rah, when I was her age, like I was already doing LSD. And, yeah. Like I smuggled my way into Glastonbury when I was 15. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was doing crazy shit. Yeah. Over the fence? No, I was in the back of a van under right. like a stack of like bin bags for yeah, shit. Yeah. Like suffocate, I could barely breathe, you know. Yeah. I thought I was going to die like before I got in there. Yeah. 
I was doing but, all that shit. She like doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. Like she just hangs with her friends. Really, that's. Do you good, know what I mean? Man. They go shopping. They yeah, go Westfield. You know. Yeah, that's good. No they, drinking, they no gossip, smoking. No drinking, no smoking. And you know, maybe she will, but you know, I th- even if she does, I think she's going to be more measured than I was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think kids in general, and this is a generalization, but I think a lot of them are healthier than than we were. Like, yeah. Oh, a bit more conscious of like what happens to your body. And yeah, what. I think that because the the information is much more yeah, available. Yeah, 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 we didn't have any of that. Just, yeah. Like I, when I was fifteen, I drank till I puked cider. Yeah. Just drink it till I puked. Yeah. Or pass out, like have a whitey. Yeah. You know. That's smoking. I smoked yeah, from cheap early. Hash, shit weed. Yeah. Terrible alcohol like cider or. MD 2020. Yeah. That's petrol. (laughs) Just the worst (laughs) shit. And you're like 15. Like your body's so pure and fresh. You're just already destroying it. Yeah. So yeah, she's nothing like that. You know what it is? Kids don't go out. I just worry. They don't don't, don't go out. There's no one on the street anymore. No, no. Like. We were out all the time, right? Yeah, morning till night. You're just out, out, out. As long as you can push it. Yeah. You know? Everyone tells their mum you're at the other kid's house. Like, and everyone's just out. It's Mm. mad, isn't it? The world's changed, bro. Times have changed, man. Yeah, they really have. But human beings are essentially the same. So one of your big worries as a parent will be, oh, you know, now you've got the internet, you've got social media, there's nothing like that when I was their age. It's so different. But as soon as you say that, you're basically repeating the same mantra that's happened with every generation. Yeah. You know, with our parents, they would have been worried about VHSs. You yeah, know, yeah. like what's, what are they computer taping on these games. VHSs? Yeah, yeah. And then computer games, violent computer games, you know. Every generation had something like for for our parents, their parents would have been it would have been TV full stop. Like, yeah. oh, we used to sit around the radio. Now you got the TV. It's like whatever you can't control yeah. is the thing that freaks you out as a parent. But what never changes is the human condition, mm. which is what we started off talking about. That's never changed. We are these same kind of slightly selfish, uh, individualistic creatures who will always behave sporadically, yeah. you know. That, that will never change. So in a lot of ways, parenting hasn't changed. If I, if I could give you one piece of advice that I've learned from, from, you know, nearly 16 years of being a parent of girls, it's just be available, man. Mm. You can't control everything. Yeah. You can't wrap them in cotton wool. Yeah. You can't force them to do what you want to do. Yeah. You just got to be available. Be there when yeah. they need you. Because yeah. the worst kind of parenting is that fucking, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, mm. or I'm just not there at all, you know? <laughs> when she was born, um, I, I got a tour in China. It's like four weeks after she was born and it was good money. I couldn't not go. Yeah. And I got there and I remember feeling so far away. Do you know what mm. I mean? And it kind of changed my perspective about what do I want to do in my life? Yes, do I still want to do this music me. shit? Like, do I still want to carry on? And and I ultimately came to the cl- conclusion, yes, I do, but I need to find need a way balance. of balancing mm. it and not live just for that. Everything's just get the next tour, get yeah. this, get that, get more money, do more shit. And it was like, I have to, I have to have a family now. Yeah. I have to be a dad. I stopped stand up because I. Uh, it was take. I was just missing so much of 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 the kids. I don't mean missing them like oh I miss you. I mean I was missing like landmarks and like I come home and they yeah. look different. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Them first so years. I was just living like, out a suitcase. Yeah. 
And I was just like, there has to be a better way of... Is that why you stopped stand-up? For the Partly, course? yeah. But also the lifestyle was starting to fuck with me. Like, stand-up's such a weird job. Yeah. You do it on your own. You know, it's not like music where you've got your boys with you and, you, you know, you're traveling around with you. You've got your sound people yeah. and, and everything. Like, stand-up is like... Lonely. You max, yeah. You maximize the profits. Like, yeah. the money I was making in stand-up is... It's ridiculous how much money I was making. But... um the downside was there was just nobody to celebrate with. You yeah. know, like, doesn't matter if you kill it or you, you die up there. It's the same at If the you end. die, like, what are you going to do? You phone, phone your friends, phone your missus. Oh, I'm feeling so low. They don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. Or like, if you kill it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I remember being in Amsterdam, no, Stockholm, uh, when I was doing the world tour with Gervais, yeah. you know, and we played the, uh, the Ericsson Globe in Stockholm. It's, that's like, nearly 13,000 people fuck you know and I murdered it yeah murdered it I came off I was like just adrenaline like yeah, I don't yeah. need coke I yeah. don't need ecstasy yeah. I don't need shit like yeah. I'm wired yeah 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 but then yeah, who yeah. are you gonna call are you gonna call your friends it's like yeah. Monday night like, they just finished like working at the post office or whatever and you're yeah. gonna be like yeah I just killed it bro like yeah. they don't wanna hear it so you're sort of on your own with it and you're just you back in a hotel relatable. yeah and then you're just back in this hotel Oh, you're in this exotic place somewhere in the world, but you're just in a hotel, really, yeah. and you don't know anyone. Yeah. So it started to become more and more unhealthy. And then when I did start like getting so bored during the days in the build up to the gigs, where it's just those travel days or whatever. Yeah. Then it's like it hit like eleven, and you think I might as well just have a beer. There's nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. And just drink on the way up to the gig, and then the gigs start get boring. So you start like dabbling in other things. Yeah, yeah. And then like your sleep patterns get all fucked up and you just, you just, you're just in another world. Mm. And I just thought, if I keep doing this, it's gonna, it's actually gonna kill me. Mm. I just need to be at home for a while. Mm. So that's when I started like really pushing the acting thing, auditioning more and more and more because it's more of a, it's more like a day job. Yeah. Like sometimes there are late nights and sometimes you are shooting in another yeah. country or you're far away. How much acting have you done <clears throat> during the whole stand-up sort of run? That was the other thing. I started to do more and more acting during stand-up and the, that balance was becoming really hard. So were those opportunities coming to you or were you actively seeking them at that point? Bit of both. Right. You know, stand-up, a big element of it is acting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, casting directors, like I think one of the first auditions I ever got was for the in-betweeners and that was because the writers had seen me. On a stand-up. Yeah. Right. And they thought, oh, you could do this. Um so, you know, there were opportunities that came through that. But most of the time it was like, I liked doing both. So I just do both. And then that started to become quite difficult to manage. Mm. Then stand-up became problematic for me, the lifestyle of it. So and I just thought, look, you've learned how to do this other thing. Mm -hmm. Just do that for a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's now it's been f nearly four years since I've been on, on stage doing stand-up. It's it gone, four years? It's been so quick. Like, people are always like, oh... Um, I saw you. I saw you like a few months back. Like I was like, "No, you didn't, bro. I ain't been. I ain't been on a stage since 2017. Really? So Is it 2017? It's been a long time. Would you ever go back? Yeah, I'd go back. I'd go back, but it would take a lot to get me to go back because I a lot in what sense? A lot I just of money or a lot of money's <clears throat> a big part of it. Yeah, but um, I think for me to go back to being alone. I, I don't know. The yeah. great thing about acting is like 
it's like a normal job. You can be alone when you want to be alone. Mm -hmm. The rest of the time, it's a collaborative process. Yeah. And I meet like great people yeah. every shoot. And people in that world, they're, they're kind of cooler than comedians as well. Comedians <laughs> are like a bit weird. Do yeah. you know what I mean? They're kind of like, because if you keep living that lifestyle, like a lot of them do, mm -hmm. you've become this like... Recluse. Recluse, yeah. Yeah, from society. Like a, yeah, from society. So yeah. a lot of stand-ups are kind of like social lepers. They don't... Yeah. You know, and when you're like me, like I'm quite gregarious. I come from rap. Like yeah. I come from a communal kind of like you're with your yeah. people yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. collaborating like yeah, yeah. freestyle sessions yeah, and yeah. all of that. It's a social... And yeah, it's a social thing. It's more it? like that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's that team there for you if you want it. And if you don't want it, cool. You can have some time to yourself. Whereas stand-up, there is no choice. It's, yeah. You're on your ones. you got to write it on your ones. You travel on your ones. You perform on your ones. Then you kill or you die on your, on ones. your ones. And then you go home on your ones. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's fucking shit. That mate, it sounds shit. Man. It's shit. It's shit. You're like, tech, like, in terms of like the glamour of showbiz, yeah. you're like one rung above like a juggler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's just the money's sick, bruv. The yeah. money's sick. Like, I remember doing... You, yeah, but you smashed it in that, bro. Like, you absolutely killed that game. Mm. You took it to the to the highest I, level yeah, it could go. And I had the choice to... You, you look at, like, so the guys that I was coming up with, like Josh Widdicombe, Romesh, yeah. you know, all these guys, like, we were, we were on the same level at the same time. Yeah. In fact, me and Josh Widdicombe, and uh, uh, Sean Walsh and Sarah Pascoe, we were all in the same talent competition right. when I first jumped from rap into stand-up. What, you start with doing co talent competitions? Yeah, because I just thought it would be the same as rap, right? There's got to yeah. be some comedy battles that you do, right? right. To get in. Serious? That that's what it? I did, yeah. I did a, a well, uh, uh, yeah, an international talent search called So You Think You're Funny, which was run by Channel 4. Yeah. So it's like, that's like the biggest one. Yeah. But I did other little, smaller ones So what did you win well. though? I got to the final. Right. Which is enough because yeah, in the yeah. final... Enough people seeing you. Yeah, the, the final, the audience is all producers, yeah. um, uh, uh, booking agents, yeah, yeah, comedy yeah. companies, everything. You know, I got my agent through that competition. Was so that how it started? From That's that? how it started, yeah, competitions. Wow. So I was in a final with all these kids that are like household names now. Yeah. And I look at them... And I think, of course, of course, I could have done that, but I just, I didn't, I didn't want it enough. Mm. You know, it got to that stage where it was like, BBC are offering you your own show, ITV are offering your own show, Channel Four are offering your own show. You know, and you can see how Romesh has done it, or Josh. You know, they're good examples, or Joel Domit, or someone like all these guys. Like I come up with, they've said yes, and they've got this show that they present, that show that they present, a hundred shows and they're making great money so as well. You, but I just, for me, it just wasn't, that wasn't for me. Really? Why? What was, what was it that held you back from wanting to do that? A couple things. Number one, I love my privacy. Yeah. And like my friends, I don't have celebrity friends. Yeah, yeah. Like all my friends, that I've got the same friends that yeah, I yeah, had yeah. when I was a teenager. One, yeah, yeah. And they're the, also the same ones that go, bruv, hold it down. Like yeah. you're being a prick. You yeah. Know? Um, I need them around. And I like going to the pub with them. Yeah. I like getting high with them. Yeah. I like doing dumb shit with them. Yeah. You know, or if most of us have got kids now. I like yeah. getting together, like going park. Yeah, yeah. barbecues, I, I, all that shit. The yeah. celebrity life is bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's faking it. Fame is so far down my list of things that I love. Like <laughs> number one is like being an artist. I yeah. love being an artist. I yeah. love waking up and going, 
maybe I'll do this. Yeah. Maybe I'll create this. Or maybe I'll just fucking get high and yeah. kick back and do nothing. Yeah. Or maybe I'll hang with my kids. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's my number one. Number two is money. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't fiend for money. Yeah. Like, I don't worship it yeah. at all. Yeah. Because deep, deep down, I don't believe in it. Yeah. But I want to have enough money not to worry about money. It's a freedom. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't actually desire great wealth because yeah. I think loads of complications come with that. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden people treat you different. Mm -hmm. It's weird around people. You pay you, more for shit. You feel you might feel like you got friends in financial stress. You need to lend them money. Then mm -hmm. you've got like the problem of lends with friends and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. IOUs and shit. It's better to have enough money. Yeah. And that's 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 my goal. Just have enough money not to worry about money. That's yeah. it. Fame is like, do you know what I mean? I just, who wants that? Mm. Who wants like people in your business yeah. that you don't know? Yeah. Like, why would you want that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and people say, well, no, but what about recognition? That's different. Recognition like, is different to fame. People who like post me messages, craft, so yeah, you know, yeah. going, bruv, like, like the biggest one, like I, really made my mark through this kids show that I created for CBBC. Yeah. And it was 10 years ago now. So there's kids that watch that show yeah. that are now in their 20s. Wow. And when they stop me in the street yeah. or message me online yeah. and say, bruv, like you were my childhood. Yeah. Or you inspired me to do this or you inspired, like that is like, yes. Like yeah. that kind of, I don't know if you call that fame, but that kind of recognition. recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah. Like I live for that. Yeah. But I've noticed as well, like all these celebrities that are like, oh, the press won't leave me alone or like, oh, yeah, out of my business. Blah, blah, blah. I think you can court it a little bit as yeah, well though. Exactly. Bruv, because like, I think it. there's people who are, I'm probably the same level of fame with, yeah. but everyone's in their shit yeah. and they're in the papers and, mm -hmm. and I'm not. And yeah. I've probably done crazier shit than them. Yeah. Well, why am I not? Yeah. It's because there's certain venues. I'm not going to certain venues. Yeah. I'm not going to certain and nights. You're not plastering it on, on, yeah. on Instagram. Like these guys have got PR people that they're paying mm. to tell them be at this night because you'll get photographed and then that could lead on to another job. Or if you go and you wear the Hugo Boss, then we can get you a deal with Hugo Boss. Yeah. And, you know, we can get you in, in the evening standards of society pages. Mm. And they're doing all that shit. Mm. You know, I'm like, bro, I can fucking dress myself. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to that party because it's going to be shit. Yeah. If you've ever, ever, ever like gone into those upper echelon parties, <coughs> they're always so shit. Yeah. Like they can't compare to your brethren's yeah. house party yeah. like down the road. Yeah. Nah, where, nah, where, nah. where you know like this guy's DJing and he's sick. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I, I hosted probably the biggest gig not the biggest in terms of audience numbers but in terms of who the audience yeah. was i hosted a bafta event in yeah. hollywood right right and you know the front row is like samuel jackson jennifer lawrence jodie foster Sick. tom hanks jake gyllenhaal yeah i'm talking about a-list yeah, yeah, yeah. right proper celebrities yeah. and i performed to them and i name checked them like so did you freestyle that one? Or did, did you know they were going to be there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And like everything, every joke yeah. that I wrote like had to be vetted by this the company that produced the night. Really? Yeah, I had to keep performing it in their office in Santa Monica. Yeah. Like every day, like every time I wrote something new, they'd say, "I'll oh, do," and I'd do it, and they go, "Oh no, no, you can't, you can't say that." 
like one time they said you can't say Sam Jackson you have to say yeah. Samuel L. Jackson I was like fuck this is fucking bullshit <laughs> so like they had to okay every part of the script and then on the day so it, the I thought it was so it. vanilla yeah I remember I spoke to Ricky and he was like fuck that just do your thing man like what are they gonna do like pull you off stage halfway through just yeah. do your thing that's exactly what I did. How did he get away with that? Exactly, exactly. That was brutal. So I just thought, if Ricky's telling me, like, that's what I'm going to do. So it wasn't like as harsh as anything like yeah. Ricky Gervais, but I, I did sort of lightly take the piss out of yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, you know, and, and, and people like that in the crowd. I ripped Piers Morgan because it's Piers, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and, I, and I did a little rap as yeah. well. And it was you know, undeniably the highlight of my career. Like yeah. Samuel Jackson came backstage afterwards yeah. to say, bruv, you like, you killed it. Yeah, yeah. We had a photo together. I was just like, I'm what on cloud he like? nine. He, cool? he was cool as shit. Yeah. And Tom Hanks was like, everything that deep down you hope Tom Hanks would be. He was. Just, yeah, like the- Really? Like the, yeah, like the uncle that you, you never had. Do you know I, what I mean? Always, I always thought he can't be Beautiful man. No, he nice. really is. Right. He really is. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, there's an after party, right? Yeah. I'm like, am I at the, of course I'm at the fucking, are you mad? <laughs> I, like rave with these guys. Yeah. Like, so you go into the, this big hall in the Beverly Hills hotel. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, and I've got all these LA people saying like, you're the shit, you're yeah. amazing. What are you doing next? You've yeah. got to come back to LA. We've got work for you. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm thinking this is the pinnacle of my career yeah. and I'm going yeah. to like a proper upper echelon yeah. party with a-list yeah. Hollywood I've made stars, it. right? I've made it, yeah. bruv. <laughs> Walk into the room now. It's like, here's the equivalent of what this party was like. You know them like, you know them like end of year, like office parties where they rent out a hotel yeah. for the Christmas, the Christmas do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some breath spinning like yeah. Maroon 5. <laughs> Yeah. can't mix to save his life do you yeah, know what I mean yeah. just stop that tune yeah. put on some Eric Prids and or whatever his name is and, and oh him. Jesus Christ <laughs> and just like you know warm champagne off a tray yeah like some like slaves walking around I was just like this is so sh no dancing really yeah everyone prang like yeah. is someone recording me is someone yeah. like do you know what I mean so this is such a it's like the <laughs> shittiest party ever so what did you do? Did you stay there? No, I just bounced, man. Really? Like a bounce, yeah. And like, I had um, uh, like some of my family live in New York and they like, they come over and like, we were all renting like a house in yeah. West Hollywood. Yeah. So we all just bounced from there and like my agent came as well and he knows, he knows LA. So yeah, he was yeah. like, let's go to Chateau Marmont. Like yeah. if you want, you want to experience like the proper, you know, celebrity yeah. haunt where it's a bit more a bit more of a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So we went there and that that was that was cool, man. And I saw like more famous people there, but they were like way more I think they've got more that chill, vibe yeah. in there, like no phones yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love LA, man. I fucking love it. That's the LA. only time I've been. I, I don't think I could live there, but I'd quite like to do another job there. Yeah. I couldn't live I've and there's no way I could live there. But every time I've been like for shows or whatever, like I just always had the best time ever, man. Yeah, like they know how to do that stuff. Yeah. Like they know how to really celebrate, yeah. you know, uh, and they celebrate success in a different way that we do. Yeah. I think everyone's just so much more positive. Yeah. And that's what I love about America in general. Yeah. But the other side of it, I just can't deal with. I mean, my sister lived out there for what, 12 years? And yeah. she's just Where moved in New back. New York. New York. Right. She just moved back. And you know what? There was just, she just couldn't deal 
with the racism, the guns, and and Trump was like the final. Even in straw. New York, racism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she just couldn't deal with it. And obviously, racism is like a, it's a sliding scale over yeah. there, but it's everywhere, and it's just so much more virulent. Mm. Do you know what I mean? She was just she was just bored of it. Mm. She just couldn't couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't have my kids in school. Like that. Nah, man, that was the thing because her kids. My, my niece and nephew, my, well, my niece especially was getting towards that high school age. Yeah. And she was just like, you know, you got to go the, the gun checks and all of that. And she was just like, fuck I'm not, I'm not doing it. What the fuck is wrong with them? Why have they not just banned these guns? I just they don't can't because it. it's just, it's, it's embedded much, into yeah. their DNA. Yeah. You but know? Is it the Fifth Amendment or yeah. something? Yeah. Well, and it's the, the, there's race tied up in that. But even black people will say, no, I'm not giving up my guns. Are you mad? So like, if white people ain't giving up their guns, I'm not giving up my guns. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. their whole vibe. And I just, I just can't deal with. Why don't can't they make it harder it. to get them? Why is any old fucking lunatic allowed to walk into the local fucking Asda and buy a? That's room? what needs to change, and I think that's the thing that they could do without too much controversy. Because the NRA and and Americans in general, they want their guns. Okay, I get it, but let's at least have like proper background checks. Exactly. Like, you know, at least ha- present some fucking ID and prove that you're not a lunatic. Yeah. But you know, I'm not a lunatic. But I wouldn't want a gun in my house with kids. Kids, you just never no. know. No, you hear about these things. You know, the kids like find the gun, they're playing with it, yeah. bang. You know, I my just, little like, girl picks up everything. That's what I'm saying. Everything. That's no what way I'm saying. She wouldn't pick up that gun. You can't. You can't have. It. You can't have gummies around the house anymore, nah, bro. <laughs> you need to put them high up on the shelf yeah. or like lock them in a little safe or something. No, it's you real, know? man. I just don't. How many more kids are gonna have to die in schools? Exactly. Like, aren't they bored of this shit? It's every it's every month. It's like you need the president's kid to get yeah. get murked in like a school. Someone That's high needs profile some, yeah. needs to get before murked. before something changes. Yeah. So I don't know. Man. And even then, you know, I don't think they fucking would. I don't think they would. I think they just crack on with it as normal. It's, yeah. It's so strange for a country that is so incredibly forward thinking it's on wicked, one man. breath. It's, yeah, it's a wicked country, man. Uh, but then on the other end, it's so fucking backwards. Yeah. And the Americans I meet are all amazing, but that's Europe. because they're, they're outward looking. Like yeah. they travel. They East Coast, passports. West Coast. It's like... They got passports. They want to go Europe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They want to see the world. They, they want to know what people think of yeah. them. You know, whereas a, a lot of the country's super insular. And then you go to certain places where, like Dave Chappelle would say, the racism is just... Mwah! Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Stewed to perfection. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking nuts, bro. I remember we, I went to, um, I went to Charleston once. Was it Charleston? Was it Charleston? Louisiana. Was it in Louisiana? Do you remember we went there? Yeah. And it was the weirdest fucking place I've ever been. Crazy. And I've been, I went, I went to Nashville once. That was surprisingly very normal. Apart from the way they speak, which was fucking crazy. Yeah, you got to get your head yeah. around that fried chicken yeah. type voice. Yeah. I remember, I remember like going to this after party. We did this show there. And then we went to this after party. And everyone was like, cool as fuck. And I remember when I was flying there thinking, I'm not looking forward to this show. I'm just going to do the show and I'm going to mm. go back to, the, <laughs> back to the hotel. And then that's it. Yeah, and just yeah. chill, with, just the, jam, chill yeah. with the fam. But now we partied and it was, it was, it was cool. It was really cool. But yeah, Charleston. Yeah, that's different, right? Yeah, but there's so many places like that that just seem so singular in a way that I can't imagine the UK ever being. Like, my brother lived in Atlanta for a bit. Mm. And I remember, like, he bailed me. He was, like, a few days in. Yeah. 
I was like, what's it like? He goes, bro, everyone's black. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, I mean, everyone. I mean, yeah. like the police, cab drivers, the dry cleaner. Yeah. Everybody's black. Like yeah. everyone. Yeah. And I was like, that's a trip. Yeah. And he's like, bro, everywhere I go, everyone is black. Yeah, it's weird. Atlanta's like mad world. Like that. Yeah. It's a black world. I was like, that's deep. Like as far as you can travel. Yeah. Everyone's black. Atlanta's mad I can't like deal with the way... Atlanta apparently, you know, I've not been is is an amazing place with yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of soul and a lot of positivity and a lot of beauty, but um, I just can't comprehend mm. entire cities yeah. of just one like a monoculture. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Whether it's you know nice or not, yeah. it's, it's irrelevant to me. Like it's more about how's this happened. Yeah, like you lot have agreed to disagree. Yeah, and that like. Yeah, from a yeah, mixed yeah, yeah, yeah. from a mixed race perspective, I find that I just I don't know. Ultimately, it's depressing to me because mm. yeah, it's fine. Like you lot have got your thing, and then whatever the white part of Georgia is, they've yeah. got their thing. Yeah, but it's a bit like rare, really. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, you you lot have just gone. You go there, we'll go here. Yeah, like America's quite separatist, man. Yeah. And, and like I say, even in New York, they all work together. Mm-hmm. You know, That's but they don't war. live together. It, it never really glued. Find back. find some mixed race people in New York. Well, yeah, well, yeah. The first time I went to New York was '95, right? And I would go in to like bodegas and get like a, a drink, or you know, go and pick up some swishers or something like that. Yeah. And people would speak in Brooklyn. People would speak to me in Spanish yeah, when I yeah, walked same, in. Same. Because they like the last thing Until in you their open mind. Your mouth and they look at you. They're like, like you've "What just the dropped fuck?" Dropped off another planet. The last <laughs> thing they could possibly imagine yeah. was that a black person and a white person had a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's the that was their last thing. And it's it'd like be cool. Spanish first, maybe. Yeah. Then we'll work our way down yeah. from there. I remember getting lost in LA. Right, we was in. We ended up on you know that uh, it was in Riverside. Yeah, and we were trying to find the hotel, and um, my friend's driving the car. And we get we're in, we're in this hood now. You see him bare essays, like you know, like the whole white socks and yeah, 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 and the button ups. And, yeah, and there's this Seven Eleven there, and my mate goes like, he goes, "Why you go and fucking ask him where the hotel is?" And I was like, "Nah, you fucking go." He goes, "I'm not fucking going in there. You go. <laughs> I'm white." And I went in there, and uh, so everyone's speaking Spanish, mm. and then the woman goes, "Hola," and I went, uh, "Do you know where the Ramada is?" And she looked at me like, "What? The <laughs> what fuck? is that? What, what is this? <laughs> what is this? What is that?" <laughs> like, do you know where the Ramada is? Like, she couldn't, she couldn't even understand what I was saying. Yeah. Said Ramada Hotel, the Ramada. Ho-. She was like, "What? What? What? What?" And she just could not understand. I'm saying the yeah. fucking Ramada Hotel. Yeah. Like, and then someone stood in the queue, like clocked on to like what I was saying, and like, oh, "You gotta go take a left, take a right, yeah, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. What she was saying. But yeah, they just can't can't comprehend it. and there's still black americans now who are like so y- y'all got black folk in england <laughs> you know what i'm saying like they're still like they still think it's just hugh grant like do you know what i mean yeah it's crazy man that's why I, I like fucking with artists over there because they they get it yeah, yeah, yeah. like they understand what london is yeah. and they know the, co- they understand the culture yeah yeah they, they they get it they get it yo check this out right so the other day yeah um, we're doing this like uh, film thing for Discovery at the minute. So um, it's about slavery, about the history of slavery. So we went to, you know, the Slavery Museum in Liverpool. Yeah. And um, we had this really cool guy, man. He was like a professor. Um, he's from Leeds, like mixed race guy from Leeds. And he's he'd studied the back out of this. Right. And um, so we was, 
we just, we, we got this list of questions to to ask him from discovery rah, rah, rah. and so we, we're conversating with him anyway and he goes a bit off script and he starts telling us bare shit so check this out what, what i found out and i couldn't this fucking blew my mind yeah so you know the civil war it's not david olasaga no with the the little dreads no no he's called richard what's his last name martin it's called Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his last name. That's bad, that, isn't it? Um, but yeah, nah, he's absolutely, like, he's a beautiful guy, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking the guy en- enriched my soul that day. Like, it was sick. Anyway, so um, check this out. This, this, this I found absolutely crazy. So Civil War, well, obviously it was about slavery, wasn't mm. it? It was about unionists versus the Confederates. So in Manchester and Liverpool is where well, all the cotton factories are, or the cotton mills. And we were buying all that cotton in Manchester yeah, yeah. and Liverpool from yeah, the southern yeah, yeah. states. So it was not in anyone's interest that the, the businessmen of course, here of course. for that. The to profit end. margins were amazing. Yeah, it was free labour. Of course. So they were sending guns, ships, finances all over to the Confederate Army. Mm. Like obviously undercover because yeah, yeah, officially yeah. Britain was anti slavery yeah, and, yeah, and on the side of the Unionists. But they were building the Confederate ships here. And then sending them over, you know, to to fight the Union Army. So the final, so when the the Confederates got beat in 1865 or 66, the last ship to surrender, the last Confederate ship to surrender to the Unionists was on the River Mersey. Wow. So effectively, this the American Civil War ended here in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Or in I think it was Liverpool. In Liverpool, in the River Mersey, it's, Liverpool. Uh, it's unreal, but I can believe it. You know, we we were. It's been well documented now that we we were the kind of financiers. You know, yeah, Barclays Bank especially. But um, yeah, man, we were all over that shit. We benefited massively, mm. and then we got the best of both worlds. We got to look like this super liberal, yeah, country. Like the the, the chief abolitionists, yeah. Were, were were British and we were the we were the smart ones and yeah. we, we treated our black people well you know yeah. all that shit but uh, yeah the truth is quite different man that slavery museum is absolutely fucking harrowing I gotta get there yeah it's it it will it will mess you up a bit mm. you know the the most the thing that I just can't get out of my head which it it really sort of disturbs me is they've got a picture of this um advert. For, for, for oh, people for, for buying people yeah and it says like male 41 yeah yeah prime yeah. Yeah, field yeah, yeah female 16 poor eyesight yeah. house yeah yeah like and the price next to them yeah the fucking amazon reviews underneath <laughs> do you get me yeah it's like it's it's crazy i you know i went to the um they've got a similar place at aborigine aboriginal museum in uh, melbourne and uh bruv i was in tears I was in tears, and obviously I knew a lot less about yeah. their story um, oh, yeah, than, than slavery, and, and it just—I was absolutely in tears. I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, yeah, the, the the blood on the hands of of of, of this country is is insane. Um, but like I say, the 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 pride I have in being British is not about that. It's about the rejection of those ideas. Exactly. You know, it's about the rejection. The acceptance of that past and the rejection of the beliefs around that past. Mm. The pride I have is in our progressive nature. It's in our tolerance, you know. Um, to be great Britain, to be truly great, like that's that's what we need, I think. The, the progressive attitudes, the tolerance, you know, that's what I'm proud of. 
Um, yeah. No, huh. serious. Bro, this conversation has been absolutely sick. Thank you so much no, for this, man. It's a pleasure, man. man. It's a pleasure.